Well, hello again, and it's Tandem Coaching Academy, Keeping Agile Non-Denominational Podcast. And here's Sherry Silas and I, Alex Goodenough. Welcome, everybody. It's good to have you. And today we have our guest, Carl Van Hooy. And he's going to be talking to us um, along the subject lines of co-creating, coaching as a co-creative process um, for strategic shifts. So, Carl, why don't you introduce yourself and then let's hear a little bit about what you, what you have on your mind today. Okie doke. With pleasure, uh, Sherry. Thank you very much, both of you, to, to give me the, intro, to, the possibility to, to share a little bit of my knowledge with, uh, with the world. Um, I am uh, actually, I've had two lives. My first life was one of a, a human resources leader uh, in a few big uh, multinational organizations. Uh, I did that until, uh, I believe, uh, seven, eight years ago. And then I've continued my career as a executive coach, team coach, and HR consultant on an independent basis. And um, actually, it is, um, it is, it is by, by growing to, through that coaching journey, first PCC, then MCC, uh, that I'm on a continuous path of integration uh, integrating my HR experience that I had from my previous career with my actual coaching uh, experience. And uh, I'm enjoying a lot that these days, um, certainly in, in, in the last year, uh, when a lot of crises uh, have happened, uh, companies, leaders, CEOs in the middle of a turmoil. And I've noticed that uh, at, the, at those moments, the combination of these both experiences, HR and coaching, really has, has, has made a difference uh, for myself and also for, for, my, for my customers. Um, and um, I, I think that the, the best way to, to, to present myself uh, in, in one sentence uh, <laughs> is actually, um, well, coaching is my life and my life is coaching. Uh, that is the central line for the, for the last six, seven uh, years. And before that, it was HR is my life, and my life is HR. <laughs> and uh, well, I'm uh, I'm privileged to to be able to integrate them at this moment, both for my corporate clients, uh, for a team coaching training that has just been uh, set up, and for private uh, executive coaching, which I actually do 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 most. Well, that's about it. Mean two sentences. Well, awesome. I love your um, description of what your life is. So tell us a little bit about coaching and how you use that in crisis situations. I'm really yeah, interested to hear that. that that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful question. And I must admit that um, it, it is particularly the, the last year, the horrible COVID year, um, that, that I've been going myself through some shifts uh, on that level as well. Um, when it comes to... Uh, to, to CEOs or to executive committees, um, things like vulnerability, things like having the courage to say, the courage to admit that sometimes it's very difficult, that sometimes they literally fear for the continuity of their business, that they fear for their own job, that they fear for their business model. Uh, this gives a particular context in which all of a sudden, things spontaneously come on the table <laughs> where they did not come yet on the table before uh, COVID. So I've been 
um, encountering a lot of situations where I met, on the one hand, very reactive, almost fearful reactions, and also the willingness to finally be more proactively uh, open to some strategic shifts in business, strategic shifts in business models, and also strategic shifts in, in leadership behavior. So I've encountered specifically the last year situations where there, there was a part of fear, good heavens, we need to do something, but also the awareness that some proactive thinking, proactive strategic thinking was, was necessary. And in those, in those situations, I've seen that suddenly a lot becomes possible that was not yet possible before. Uh, that is a typical symptom of, of, of last year. And their coaching has been able to play an important part uh, in, in, in what I did. So I, I hear you talking about not just executive coaching, but also team coaching. Yes. And so how does that work? Um, many of our listeners don't really um, do team coaching, but yes. it sounds interesting. Uh, well, uh, when again, there we see interesting evolutions the, the last year, last two years. Um, when, I, when I did team coaching, um, let's say five, six years ago, um, it was often a kind of team facilitation that is guiding a team through the development of a new strategic plan, uh, guiding teams through having less conflicts, guiding teams through an aligned vision, those kind of things. Usually one or two days residentially when you bring the team together in a more or less intimate atmosphere. But there was often a clear methodology clear strategy towards something. Um, and now when you would look at the, the core competencies of, of, of ICF, well, that's actually not coaching. It's more facilitating or guiding and sometimes even, even advising uh, or, 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 or training. And particularly the last two years, uh, I've encountered teams where they said, Carl, we we don't know. We honestly don't know. And we do not even know how that you could guide us through this process. We do not even know how we can manage to get ourselves through this process. We basically have to start from a, from a blank page. And that is where you really get a chance to, to work co-creatively with, team, with teams on all possible levels um, and, and to really start from, 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 a, from a blank sheet. And that comes closer to things like co-creative partnership, to things like being fully present, to things like being able to choose in the moment what to do, to really go and explore what is wanting to happen. Um, because again, when, when, when your actual business model does not seem resilient enough to, to, to walk and survive through crisis, then well, it's a matter of necessity and to stand open for new things and to start from a blank page. So I would say that perhaps strangely, but the horrible year that is, that is behind us, I believe that, that team coaching, the way that, well, in my case, well, my credentialing body ICF looks at it, uh, has become more powerful than, than before. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting. Hopefully 2020 is behind us and 
I've been telling everybody that 2021 should be better than 2020, and it's quite a low bar to clear at this point, right? Uh, so it's really interesting that you bring up the topics that what you do with teams, uh, ICF might just kind of scoff at or just look at like facilitation or whatever that is. But that also brings back the topic is that we coach is not only coach, we serve the client the best way they need. And yes. if they need some knowledge, some SME, you come with a deep HR background, why not? Yes, right? yes. Uh as th this is an absolute legitimate ob observation. Um, uh, what I've noticed in, in myself uh, when, 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 when being in front of a team, that is that, let's say, holding space for the team, um, empowering for what a team wants to do, empowering for what a team wants to happen, and holding, if you wish, an energetic field of energy between you and the team, uh, for, for, for empowering the team to, to become what it wants to become has become much, much more, much more important than guiding them through a process, <laughs> which I did, <laughs> which I did basically before, uh, before COVID way too much. And there's also another element that is uh, inside of me as coach, that is the element courage. Huh? And it, it takes, it requires courage to let go of the methodology or the strategy that you have proposed in the offer that you made for the team, the offer that they signed and say, yes, Carl, you're going to guide us two days through that methodology, through that pathway. It occurs that after one or two hours being together, the team comes to the conclusion, Carl, you know, you can forget what he discussed earlier. We're just going to co-create and you're going to guide us. It's a wonderful moment that the team allows you to do that, but it requires a bit of courage huh? because you're all of a sudden pretty much on your, on your own and you're up to your intuition. You're up to what the team is giving you. You're up to the energy that you sense or that you, that you do not sense. So basically it, it requires that you also jump yourself in, in the, swimming uh, pool uh, and that you swim together with uh, with the team without falling back on your preparation mm -hmm. and one word that's coming up for me when you say it requires it requires mastering and that's what you probably bring to the teams so i'm wondering in this year of turmoil 2020 right what do you think made coaching to be more effective yeah. than your usual kind of crisis management tools? Well, the, the, <laughs> the fact that the traditional crisis management tools or crisis management decision-making processes, if yet they already exist, um, did, did not seem to, to work anymore. Huh? Um, I, I've... I've I have three, well, two, three cases where actually CEOs have called me and said, Carl, please, you, you, you should help me. But I do not exactly know what question to ask you, literally. And that, that, that's fantastic because in generally you go to a client with coaching, not as a solution, but coaching as a strategy, a process, a methodology to clarify 
things that, that don't work. As a strategy, a tool, a process to develop things. That's how you go with coaching to a client. But there's always a basic question. <laughs> Carl, I need help with problem X or Y. Well, I've had cases where I said, well, you need to help me, but actually it's not clear what my precise question or need is. And then, of course, it becomes very interesting because then you can directly use coaching on strategic level exactly to, 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 to build from scratch, basically, to co-create from, from scratch um, what, what, what they basically need. i give you one example. It was a beautiful example. It's, it was a, an, a very, very small um, uh, accountancy uh, office. Um, and um, it, it's not because it's not a huge, huge client that, that, that the program was not, was not of strategic order. Um, due to uh, the, the crisis, uh, they lost um, quite of some of, of their customers because one, the customers couldn't couldn't pay their bills anymore, couldn't pay uh, the, the bills of the accountants that have billing hours uh, anymore. So they lost an important part of their customers. And I applied their methodology. I, I will perhaps talk later a little bit more in detail about that. Called strategic facilitation. Uh, I've also written uh, an article on that in, in HR Director magazine. It's basically an approach where you um, where you challenge the entire team of a company to put together all the assets they have available for the company, not just their competencies and their assets that the company already knows about that they have, but also other assets, for, for instance, hobbies that you do in your free time, but your company is not aware of them. One of the accountants said, well, actually in my free time, I'm pretty good in making movies. Ah, huh? okay. And, and, oh, well, that could be interesting. You know, why haven't you told us earlier? Ah, because nobody ever asked. I don't need it here. So a new product that has been developed is they are now making movies where their accountants explain literally in a movie what exactly they do in Excel in order to have the, 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 the sheets um, validated and completed. And they start sending now those movies to their customers, uh, where a part of the work can be done by their customers themselves and no longer alone, but no longer alone by the accountant. It's a very simple yet very powerful way of how a coaching methodology has changed the entire business model. Because with, with traditional crisis management and cost-cutting approaches, you do not even come to that point. <laughs> you simply fire accountants and you hope that you will survive. <laughs> and that is where, where coaching has, has, has made a difference. And you would have probably fired that video movie making accountant. I'm sorry? You would have probably fired that video movie yeah, making accountant. Yeah, because because it, one was not aware that he was good in making movies and one was not even aware that Accounting skills and movie-making skills could be, <laughs> could be combined. <laughs> yeah. And at those moments, you very clearly see that how even in the most horrible, um, miserable circumstances, um, well, coaching can, can make a difference really as a strategic tool. And, and my personal mission is to, well, to make that even more clear huh, in, 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 in the business world. Um, 
So how do you um, talk to your clients about how um, bringing some of these innovative practices and using coaching to really dig into the strategic? Yeah. Well, yeah, Jerry, that's that's a, a, a <laughs> wonderful question and also a very, a very challenging one. Um, if, if I would knew the answer to, to that question, I would meanwhile have become an extremely rich coach <laughs> because it, uh, it, it, it would mean that uh, I was always successful in bringing coaching at strategic level. I'm afraid the answer is more, more complicated than that. Uh, I do not always enter companies on strategic level. Eh? Sometimes I, I coach line managers having difficulty with delegation, having difficulties building trust, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes I coach teams uh, at line management level. Very, very beautiful, interesting work, but, but not, 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 all, not always on strategic level. Eh? What it requires is first to build a relation of trust, preferably immediately with the CEO. And if that does not work with one or more members of the, uh, of the executive committee, when their turn publish some noise uh, in, in, in favor of your services uh, with, with, with the CEO. So it starts with, with, with building a, a trustful relationship with the decision makers uh, at, at, uh, at the top. And once you have that relationship, well, you can now and then afford to, to, to also act as an advisor, not only as a coach, but as an advisor. And when you have a coach, when you have a CEO in the middle of a coaching session saying, honestly, Carl, I don't know anymore from what woods making arrows. That's a metaphor. I don't know if, if you know that, that metaphor. It is, it is um, a desperate remark, a remark of desperation, not knowing anymore how to continue. At that moment, you can say, well, have you ever considered to use coaching as a strategic process to reshape your business model. And then often you get surprised reactions. Well, Carl, so far you've always coached me in, in, in personal matters. You've always coached me on my personal leadership. You've been my, my private and sometimes intimate uh, private coach. Are you saying me that you can use coaching also for regenerating my business model? And then the answer is yes. And that's also often for me the first time that I get the opportunity to talk about coaching um, in, in that context. Uh, but, well, you cannot do that from the first meeting. Uh, um, if you are in a very intimate personal coaching journey of, of sessions with that person, sessions, for instance, of, of two hours every two weeks, um, you do not always get the occasion to, to talk about coaching as a strategy for, for, for business uh, innovation. You have to wait for your moment. Eh? And, and sometimes you get beautiful openings where you can also talk about coaching uh, in that area. But you cannot that from, I, I, I do not succeed in doing that from, from the first time. So trust is, is key. Finding the right moment is key. And then also being prepared eh, to, 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 to present coaching as a, as a tool for, uh, for those kind of decisions. Mm -hmm. yeah. I find it very interesting that as you enter the companies, you're, you're entering in kind of in, in the middle level and then working your way up. And that resonates. I've seen that happen in the field that I'm in also. Um, 
I've also seen where sometimes coaches encounter resistance. And I, I get the question um, from other people. What do you do? How do you deal with resistance? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Can you just repeat the last question? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with resistance when you... Ah, yeah. Well, again, there are tremendous differences uh, have happened before and after COVID. Uh, before, before COVID, uh, resistances um, were were important elements to work with. Resistance against change, but also resistance against coaching itself. Uh, it has happened, well, I'm sure that you both have also experienced that. Uh, the, the, the leader of the coachee, so not the coachee himself, but the leader of the coachee says to you, Carl, yes, I really hope that uh, my, uh, my, my collaborator can be open for coaching because I think that he's going to need it, but he is not yet aware of himself. Could you please have an intake with him? Try to explain what the added value could be, etc. And there, indeed, Cherry, uh, there sometimes can be a lot of resistance depending on on the culture in which you are. In some cultures, uh, when you have a coach, you have a problem, and in other coaches. When you do not have a coach, you have a problem. And it's, it's very touching to see how on a cultural level, a lot of resistance against the phenomenon of coaching can be integrated. And that's based often on a lot of um, a lack of, 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 of knowledge about what it really is and what it really can do for you. And that, that's the first part of resistances. Um, another part of resistances can be, well, um, yes, I agree that I need coaching, but my boss needs even more coaching than I do. <laughs> so yes, I agree to take a coach on condition that my boss also takes a coach. Aha, okay. And these are, these are interesting elements to, to, to play with and, and to explore. And generally, when you listen very carefully, when you, when you ask, open explorative questions without any judgment when you allow resistance between the between two of you until it, it, it gently fades away those are resistances that are that are easy to to to, to work with now after covid that has changed um, the way i i've experienced it a lot of resistances all of a sudden have have, have faded faded away um, Often a simple question can be asked. Now tell me if even at this moment when your company is really in a phase when its survival has become critical, when also your personal job has become um, critical, tell me what is it that you exactly fear at this moment? What resistance that you feel could probably be, be powerful enough to even now say thanks but no thanks to coaching? What do you have to lose? And these are questions that are now um, uh, that are now much more clear um, than 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 before. So um, when the, 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 how, how should I formulate it? Yes, the preparedness of people uh, to to work with those kind of questions is much greater now than it was before uh, COVID. And for me as a coach. 
my being prepared to ask those of rather confrontative questions straight from the beginning is bigger than it was before uh, before COVID. Uh, so I myself have become also a more uh, courageous coach in terms of asking conf confronting questions straight from the beginning than I was before COVID. Yeah, I can imagine um, the differences that may come in as you're working, I'm sure, remotely with people and um, the experiences that they're having where they're, they're turning to a coach when before it was, yes. you know, there was something that they might have resisted. Now it can really just be a, a good help for them and a stress release. Yeah. And so if we assume for a moment that the company does embrace coaching yes, and they're yes. like, all right, Carl, you said we could use coaching, change our whole business model. <laughs> what needs to be in place for them to even get started? Well, if, if they start with saying change our business model, the first thing that I will answer is no, 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 no. You are going to change your business model uh, and I'm going to, to facilitate you through that process. Um, well, th there, are, there are many companies that in the midst of crisis have had the courage to take decisions that they were not being capable of, 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 of doing that, that before. Uh, another client that, that I coached in the middle of, 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 of the COVID crisis uh, not well. It's it's a company here based in Belgium. You you're not going to know it, but for reasons of discretion, I won't mention it. It's a company uh, active in uh, the, the, the 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 production of uh, uh, water equipment, um, uh, pipelines, etc. And um, due to um, not necessarily COVID itself, but due to restrictions in, 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 in trade uh, uh, opposed by Russia and at a certain moment also opposed by, by, uh, imposed by the United States. Um, some important customers could not benefit anymore from, um, from certain tariffs or reductions that they had on their, on their contracts. And so that means the conditions, that the conditions for their, for the, for their buyers had, had, um, had become much worse all of a sudden. Eh? So they, they, they saw disappear, I believe 30, 40% of their customers in just a few months time. And above that came COVID where also their internal customers in Belgium all of a sudden uh, left, uh, left the building. And so dramatic, uh, dramatic decrease of, uh, of the business. And um, I, I, I really encountered uh, quite emotional uh, circumstances uh, there. And then the CEO said, Carl, you once said, I believe that coaching could be so powerful that it could change the entire business, the business model of a company. Please tell me a little bit more about that. And then I explained again the, the strategic facilitation that I did at some other companies. And what what you basically need in order to redesign a business model, Cherry, is not so much, well, redesigning the business model itself, but allowing yourself, allowing yourself a, a bottom-up approach where important competencies and skills and expertise, once again, 
that before did not even come on the table right? because they were not part of the functions. They were not a, they were not part of the roles uh, that, that, that were actual at that moment. Allow allow assets that so far were not important yet, that so far were not even known yet, allow these assets to come on the table and allow yourself as a company to, to connect them perhaps in different ways. Um, and that's how you generate a new business model. And that, that cannot be done until you give yourself the, the, the opportunity to, to listen and co-create them. The, the, the example of the account with the movie was one, but in, in the other company, the, about the, the, the water equipment is another one. Um, well, it, it, <laughs> the, the, the pipes that you, that you have and the instruments and, and the machines that you, that, that you produce, um, for what other purposes can they be used? Well, well that, that's not so clear, that's not so clear. Well, not the machines themselves, but in the machines, is a part, is a very, very useful, um, well, how do you say that? Um, in the machines were very important tools, tools that could easily be used for other industries. But it required that at a certain moment, you basically, um, well, yeah, destruct the machine that you've just produced. It, it comes close to the idea of once that you've produced a car, a beautiful car coming from the machine, well, destroy it. Eh? <laughs> Destruct the car, disintegrate the car, and take these tools out of it that can be used for other industries. Eh? Uh, and, and, and that requires a shift in thinking. So are you actually saying that our final product should no longer be our final product? Yes, that could be the consequence. Eh? So you take from the product what you need, you add another service to it, consultancy, for instance, and a part of your product together with consultancy, which is new, that becomes a new product. And again, I did not build that product myself. Honestly, I don't have a clue technically on, on how it's constructed, but I facilitated coaching in a coaching way through that process. And sooner or later, you arrive at a new business model. So it sounds like while well, COVID was a catalyst for these new ways of thinking and coaching was just that, I don't know, like just fell on the fertile ground and helped to grow that thinking. I'm wondering with COVID eventually going away, um, what would prevent businesses to go their own merry way and kind of old way? That's, well, it's actually before COVID, eh? we had a thing called, you need a burning platform before people are willing to change. Eh? You hear literally say that in executive committees, yes, Carl, but we do not have a burning platform yet. There is not yet a sense of urgency to change, so we're not going to change. Okay. Well, COVID has no doubt accelerated the, the burning platforms and the senses of urgencies. That's one thing. But the hope that I have, and I don't know if that will be confirmed, I hope, and I cross my fingers, that we may have learned from COVID one lesson, that is, do not wait to change, do not wait to innovate until there's not a crisis. So I hope, I hope, but I'm honestly not sure. 
that a sense of strategic proactivity, um, leaders being prepared to, well, prepare the future to be innovative, even when there's no crisis. And an example that is often quoted so many times these days is, is of course, Steve Jobs with Apple. But actually, when we are really honest, that's not a good example either, because Steve Jobs was brought back into Apple at a moment that Apple was, I think, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty close to, 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 to be broken, uh, pretty, pretty close to, to, to failure. So also there, the most innovative companies, at least now, you see that the most radical shifts they've made at the moment when the water uh, was, uh, was here. But it's my hope that uh, from now on, we may uh, enter sooner in a proactive way of thinking. Yeah. So what advice would you give to other coaches who want to do the same work you're doing? Ah, um, well, my, my two most important, really key learnings of, of the past two years, and that had to do with two things, me becoming a master certified coach, and secondly, with COVID, that is, it, you are perfectly allowed, dear colleagues, to, to be more courageous. And perhaps you are already courageous, but I was not yet as courageous as a coach than I am now. And when courageous, I mean, and that's another beautiful example, I've coached um, a member of the executive committee of a large bank, really a large bank. And you know these guys always in the suit, uh, etc. So when you enjoy, when you invite them, may I please invite you to pick a chair in this room, no matter what chair that represents for you your future. Imagine yourself there, Peter, in 2025. Take a chair here in this room that represents 2025 for you. Go and sit in that chair, close your eyes, and start breathing in, breathing out. Honestly, the first time that I did that, the guy literally went back to his coaching agreement, well, his coaching contract, and he said, Carl, did we agree to do these exercises? <laughs> and I said, no, but I never explain in detail my methodologies. You do that in a coaching agreement. You do that by choosing in a moment. But I did not write my all possible exercise in a coaching contract that has no sense. So what do you have to lose, honestly, Peter? Well, okay. I can imagine that the first time, not just to go cheap, but also you as a coach, that you do that, you, you really jump in, into the unknown. You really jump into the unknown water. And if there's one advice for my colleague coaches, become a little bit more courageous in experimenting with exercises that may be far out of the comfort zone for your coachee, but also for you. Um, well, Carl, I want to challenge you. I want to ask you to pick the chair in the room that represents your future and tell us a little bit about what's going on for you today and, and what do you have ahead that you'd want to share? Okay. Well, I saw that question myself, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, 
what's happening today? Um, uh, it, it's well. First of all, I'm glad that that I'm that I'm still surviving yeah? because uh, honestly, um, 2020 has been a very very challenging year for 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 my business. A lot of huge contracts have been postponed uh, or some cancelled. I see now that, and also in the last quarter, that things are going a little bit uh, up again, but it's been challenging. So um, where I'm now, I'm in a mixture of, of, of um, individual executive coaching that I, that I love a lot, um, team coaching that I love a lot, um, sometimes on strategic level, but not always, but sometimes and more and more it is. Uh, besides that, I'm also starting activities uh, in a brand new team coaching uh, program where we will train upcoming uh, ICF coaches that are willing to specialize in team coaching. That's also new. Um, and last but not least, and that's new since a year and a half, I'm also developing activities as a mentor coach for upcoming PCC and MCCs, uh, more MCCs than PCCs, because usually PCC have a ready package in an ACTP program, so mentoring is already included. But um, I have at the moment, I think 10, 10, what, 10 15, something like that, mentees, as, as, as we call them. Uh, and I love to do that. And honestly, I had not thought two years ago that I would start those activities. But it's been smoothly. Some PCCs that you may have asked, Carl, could you guide us? Because you've just gone through the process yourself. Uh, could you, would you be willing to, to share some of your knowledge? Would you, would you be our, like to be our mentor? And wow, what an honor. Someone asking me for my mentor. And it's grown organically. But actually, I like it. What I see for the future, 2025, Cherry, that's a good question. Um, I hope, I hope, but I'm not, not entirely yet to visualize it for myself. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close my eyes for a while. Um, what, what I see is that um, I'm gonna move back to um, individual coaching and be the coach of um, more and more decision makers. That's what I see. I do not see yet how I will arrive there, but I see that that's what I'm going to do within, within five years. Um, and I also gonna focus on, on strategic guidance uh, for, for, for executive committees. And I may even return to what we call strategic facilitation. So I see a combination of team coaching in the ICF way, but also strategic facilitation the way, the way I did it earlier. And I think the combination of both of them could be powerful. What I also see, but it's not yet clear how, is that I'm going to focus on another term, that is the term of personal mastery. Um, when, I, when I see executives struggling with their lives that is way too busy, way too hectic, when I see them struggling in combining their professional life with their private life, a more holistic way of view of looking at that is by stopping to, to, to build a wall between those two parts and by integrating them into a kind of what I could call holistic coaching. And what I offer coaches the possibility to explore their life as a whole. 
Um, and that has got more to do with, with personal mastery, in fact, than with simply their leadership skills or their management skills uh, or their private skills. Uh, but the way forward uh, is not yet clear because that could also uh, mean that for me, my business model uh, needs to needs to change uh, because you're in another segment of the market uh, there, and it's not yet clear yet how to how to swim uh, to there. But I see it as a combination. Uh, everything that regards the strategic coaching area, individually and in team, the personal mastery area, and what I also would love to do is to continue mentoring coaches to their to their uh, MCC or advanced PCC. That's what I'm, what I'm sensing when I'm sitting in 2025. But, but the way to, is also, to that is also for me a, a challenge. And it looks like it's going to be an absolutely fantastic and great year of 2025 for you. It <laughs> all comes to pass. And uh, Carl, I would like to thank you uh, very much uh, for the insight for the openness and for the courage to talk to us about what's going on in your business and how you work on your courage. And yeah, it takes, it takes a lot. So uh, really wishing you luck with between now and 2025 uh, with your uh, undertakings, with your mentees and uh, definitely really good to have you here. Thank you. Kido, it was my pleasure. Thank you both. Thanks. And uh, it was Tandem Coaching's Academy, Keeping Agile Non-Denominational Podcast. Shuri Silas and I, Alex Goodenough. Goodbye. <laughs>